0: What's up, everybody? Bobby Wisnan here. Look, I hope all is great in your world right now. But regardless if it's great, good, not so good, or, you know, you're really struggling, you're having a tough time with whatever it is, look, it's okay because I'm going to show you, I'm going to teach you how to feel better about yourself. I'm going to show you how to think about things in a more positive manner, no matter what you're going through today. Episode 8 of my Words of Wisdom. Now, I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to tell you why, specifically why, you should listen to me. That's right. Why should you take my advice? Why me? Why should you read my books? Why should you read my quotes and lessons and do the things that I teach you, the steps to take to free your mind? Well, because I've done it. And I did it at a really early age. And I'm going to tell you that story. I'm going to tell you how it is that I achieved emotional freedom. It's a great phrase. Emotional freedom. Yeah. What is that? Emotional freedom is being limitless in confidence, courage, and effort. Limitless in confidence, courage, and effort. I mean, can you imagine how powerful you can be, you will be, if you were limitless in those three things, what could you not accomplish? I did it. And I'm going to tell you how. At the age of 14 years old, my life was incredible. It couldn't be better. I had tons of friends. I was popular. I was good in sports. Man, baseball, football, track, basketball. I was good at it. I felt really good about everything. And then, A new challenge hit me right head-on at 15 years old my life changed forever at 15 for some reason the word skinny became kryptonite to me oh yeah I, I, I think I was at school one day sophomore year in high school and someone made a comment, I think it was a girl, about how skinny I was. They didn't mean anything by it, I understand that. It was not malicious in any way. But man, I got to thinking, wow, she's kind of said that like that was a bad thing. And I started thinking about it, and then my mindset, see, that's where it started. It started changing. And I'm telling you, within a couple of days, I had developed anxiety, I was had developed some fear, and uncertainty in a couple of days. All of a sudden, I became very insecure about the way I looked, and I loved who I was. My mind was good. I loved people, and I was friendly, and I, I just loved people, and I, was, I wasn't mean. So I liked who I was, but the way I looked, I was like, oh my gosh, it matters. As each week, each day went on, week, month of my sophomore year, I became more and more anxious, full of anxiety, Started getting depressed. I didn't know what to do. I didn't tell anybody. So here's how I coped. I wouldn't walk in the hallway at school unless there were people surrounding me where I was concealed. I wanted to be concealed. I didn't, man, I could feel the anxiety building up just knowing people are looking at me. And my mind started, I started letting my mind take control of, oh, I bet they're saying how skinny I am. Oh, I bet they're saying, man, I bet he's weak. I can't, you know, that kind of thing. I started wearing two to three pair of jeans to school and two to three shirts to make myself look bigger. And at first I feel good about it and then somebody would say another skinny comment. I played football and I loved it. Football was my saving grace because I put the pads on. I put the pants and the shoulder pads and the helmet. Man, I felt like I was 200 pounds. When I was really about 120 back then in my sophomore year, 6 foot, 120 pounds. But the pads made me feel like a a hero, like a superhero. And I played like it too. But when the pads came off, I went right back to that anxious, embarrassed, insecure young man. We had to wear shorts. Oh my gosh, it was, I, I can't tell you another time where I felt more anxious. And to go to the weight room, I was weak. I could bench, I could curl more than I could bench press. Yeah, I was weak. Time went on, that was my sophomore year, I, and then my junior year came. I quit going to parties, I quit hanging out with my friends, I started staying home. Then it got so bad that I wouldn't even look in a mirror. I didn't want to see my what I looked like, it was too devastating. If I went, I wouldn't even look in a store window. You know, I'd be out with friends and they'd say, oh, look at this in the store window. I wouldn't look at it because, you know, you can still see your reflection. And it made me want to go home, sit in my room where nobody could see me. It got worse and worse and worse. My senior year, it peaked. I didn't go to my senior prom. I didn't want to get measured for a tux because I knew that they would say something about how skinny I was and it would be embarrassing and I just did. I just wanted to avoid it. It ruined, it ruled my life. How I felt about my physical stature, my aesthetic look governed every single thing about my life. It took, compl- I let it take complete control of me. I was embarrassed all the time. I'll tell you how bad it was. As much as I loved to play football, my senior year, we... I wanted to play so bad because there's one place with the pads on I felt good. I went in my backyard. We had a doghouse, a big doghouse. And I thought, I'll make it. What if I made it so there was a reason I couldn't play football? As much as I wanted to play, man, the anxiety and the depression of being out in front of people and they talking about how skinny your legs are. And I was a good actor. I'd laugh and cut up with them, but inside I melted away. I melted away. It was horrible. So I'm in my backyard. It was two a days. My senior year was August, and I thought, I'll just break my arm. Yeah. So I climbed up on my doghouse, and I would jump off, and I'd land with my arm just like this. I'd jump off. This is a big doghouse, man. This is a big, like three times the size of a normal doghouse. I mean, I could have got in there and slept. It's a big doghouse. I would jump off and land face first on the ground with my arm like this, trying to break my arm. I did it three times. The third time, I rolled over on my back, I was looking up at the clouds, and I thought, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. And I just said, I'm gonna tough it up, I'm gonna finish the year, and I'm just gonna get through it. Well, I finished football, January rolled around, and I thought, you know what, I got an idea. I know I need to lift weights and do, but I, you know, make myself bigger and stuff like that. But I was about to go to the gym, and I had enough of that working out in front of people. I was embarrassed enough, so I built. I'm going to build a gym. I told myself I'm going to build this gym in my garage, and I did. I built it out of wood, coat hangers, and lawnmower wheels. Yes, I constructed a pulley system out of two by fours and two by sixes. The pulleys, the, the, the cable, I took coat hangers and undid them, straightened them out as much as I could, and then fastened them together end to end. Made a long line of coat hangers and would run them through. And then the pulleys, lawnmower wheels. Yeah, I went to the lawnmower shop, the guy that repaired the lawnmower, small town, and he gave me several wheels, and I took the ones that had grooves in them. I fastened them to the wood with the same brackets that fastened, that would fasten the, the wheels of your garage door, how they stayed in the tracks, I used those. And I built a gym, I built a pulley system. You could do lat pull down, curls, seated row, tricep push down, I built a bench press, a squat rack. And my weights, car batteries and boat anchors. Yeah, that's all we had. I didn't have a whole set of weights. My squat rack, my bar for my squats was a shovel handle. I sawed the spade off. I dug two grooves on the, uh, by the foot end on, the, on the, the shovel, the handle, and I put a boat anchor on one side and a back car battery on the other. And I built this squat rack out of two by sixes and I'd pick it up, walk out, and I'd do squats. I did this for six months. I'd be out there two or three hours a day. It was wonderful. It was the only place I had any kind of secure feeling about myself. And of course, as soon as I'd leave the garage and go inside, I'd start feeling down again. And the weight, gaining weight, I'd get on a scale 20, 30, 25, 30 times a day. Yeah. My senior year, I weighed 6'2", 140 pounds. I could not bench press 95 pounds. But I could curl 100 Yeah, I couldn't bench press 95 pounds but I'd curl 100. That was my body. And my legs, I looked like a crane standing in a pair of rubber boots. I had no legs, I mean skin and bones. So I'd get on the scale and then I'd go to the kitchen and I would open cans of soup and drink them right out of the can. Right out of the can. And then I'd take the gallon of milk and just turn it up and drink as much as I could handle and then go get back on the scale just to see it go up one pound. Yeah. Now here's the amazing thing. After six months of working out in this gym tirelessly, I mean, man, I I I went at it. After six months in a hot garage in North Texas, unventilated, I gained one pound. One pound. And let me tell you, here's here's where my life changed again, because all of a sudden, I didn't feel real bad about that. And I thought, why, why is that not bothering me? Because I realized that I had built something within myself much more profound, much more, much bigger, more important, more significant than a gym made of wood, coat hangers, and lawnmower wheels. That was pretty cool. I gotta tell you, man, I'm proud, I wish I had a phone camera back then I was taking pictures. But I didn't think it was gonna be a big deal. It ends up being the biggest thing in my life. I built, I realized, I had built integrity, character, toughness, perseverance, and then the one thing that I had sought for the last three years of my life that I had not 1% of, I had built confidence. A little bit, but it was enough because I had nothing. Nothing. No self-confidence. No very, very poor self-image. Horrible. Insecure about everything. The wind blow, I'd be insecure about it. I'd get anxious about anybody looking at me. It was terrible. But all of a sudden, I had hope. I figured it out. I found something. Something I'd been looking for for three years. And it felt incredible. And I made Ended up still working out. I kept going. And then I went to college. And I actually played a couple years of college football. And I started studying biology and psychology. And with the biology, I started learning about the chemistry of the body. And I thought, oh man, I'm just different. So I started learning how to eat better and different ways to work out for my genetics. And the psychology, here's where it got interesting is all these psychology classes I started taking, I thought, wow, these things seem so familiar. In the issues that we have as humans in our minds, the way our mind can take over and, and make us think things and we can get depressed and we can become anxious, I started realizing, yeah, I experienced that. Oh, yeah, oh, I felt that. Oh, man, it was an hour hour deal. But I also figured something else. I also noticed something else. That the things that I was reading that to come out of these situations, to help you become a more sound individual. I had taught myself starting at 15 years old, especially when I got to 16 and 17. Man, I was comprising all the coping methods as as cruel as they were to myself. I figured something out and didn't even realize it until, like I said, I was 17. And then I'm in college and I'm learning these psychology terms and these courses and I'm looking at these case studies and I thought, man, I really got something. I really taught myself how to get out of this stuff. Graduated college. I think I was 6'2", 158. <laughs> I just managed to gain 18 pounds over four years, right? Something else. So I went to work as a behavior therapist. Yeah, I got hired I was working at state schools, I was working in in community programs, I was working as as a behavior therapist. I was working with individuals and groups, some pretty serious situations. And I was working alongside a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a social worker and other behavior therapists. And again, I was reminded that, wow, these are the same, some of the same things that I taught myself at 15 years old. These are some of the same things that I taught myself going through those three really tough years between the ages of 14 and 17. And I was really good at helping other people accomplish and overcome their anxieties and their depressions and their self-defeating thoughts and, and negative ways of thinking because I had been there. Now, I never told anybody, I understand the way you feel. I never said that, but I would tell them how I felt before and what I did to get through it and what it did to me and how I found hope. And I didn't call it emotional freedom back then because I didn't really think about it, but that's what I call it now. I freed my mind, I did. And the more I worked as a behavior therapist, the more people I helped, I became super confident, like, that man, I got something here. This is the real McCoy. This is stuff that really works. And I went on, and I wanted again building the gym was my first love. It really was. So I became a personal trainer. I left the behavior therapy and started personal training. And what? And let me tell you what happened. I started helping people with their emotions. I started helping them with their their corp their uh, their. Coworker issues and their family issues. I started giving them advice on how to handle issues with their significant other or their kids or their friends. And guess what? It all worked because I had been through it. So for almost 20 years, right at 20 years, I was doing this and I thought, man, I just need to, I'm going to write a book. So I started writing self-help books I was writing wellness books and fitness books too, but I started writing self-help books, and people loved them. And then I started speaking. I started going to these support groups, and I started showing people and telling my story and giving them these methods, and they loved it. Then I went even further. I started coaching in mental wellness. I started helping people understand what's going on in their head. I wrote more books, I wrote my seven books of wisdom. I also was invited by a psychiatrist to speak in their support groups to all their patients once a week. It's a psychotherapy group support. And that's what I started doing, is talking to all, and guess all her patients, and although they all had different issues, guess what? It was working for them. They were coming up and telling me the quotes that I was teaching them and the lessons I was teaching them. I simplified it and I was telling them in a way that they understood that I had been there. And although our our issues may have been different, whoa, the struggles and the uncertainty and the sacrifices and the never-ending relentless anxiety and depression were the same. I how I became to be able to sit here in front of you and teach you to do the same thing. It works. It's amazing. And I can tell you with 100% confidence that if you will take what I teach you, and remember what I what I went through myself at a very young age, my friends, you're going to knock it out of the park. You're going to accomplish things you never thought possible because you're going to free your mind to forever succeed. You're going to develop emotional freedom. Let me recap a little bit with you here. I wanna tell you the four most important things that I, that I learned over all these years and that I've taught everybody else. Anytime I work with a counseling client, uh, coaching client, it does, I, I'm giving a presentation somewhere, I'm working with an individual, I tell them these four things. Number one, com- when you make a commitment, commit to your effort, not the outcome. Yeah. The outcome in a lot of situations we'll never be able to control. And when we commit to the outcome and it does, the, the desired outcome does not come to fruition. It's a letdown. It's a, a knock to ourself. and we feel like we dropped the commitment, we broke the commitment. no. We can't control that outcome. But what is something we can always commit to and always control no matter what? Our effort. When you commit to something and it doesn't come out the way you want it to, stay to your effort. Stay strong to your effort. Commit to your effort. And you can't go wrong. You never broke the commitment. Your effort was gold. Keep that part. Commit to effort. Now outcome. I had to learn that. If I would have committed to outcome, man, I'd still be in that gym trying to figure it out. I'd still be depressed. I'd still have anxiety. I'd still be a mess. But I didn't. I learned that effort. The second thing. Reward versus cost. See the true reward of your effort. See the true reward versus your emotional, physical cost. What I mean is, When we decide we're gonna self-improve, we're gonna weigh it. We're gonna weigh, okay, what's it gonna cost us physically and emotionally? How tough it gonna be, right? Versus what do we get out of it? Well, a lot of times we see it even. But we've gotta see the reward for what it really is. Because when we see the reward way up here for what it really is of ourselves improving ourselves, even if we don't get to where we wanna be, if we see the true reward, the emotional and physical cost will always be here. The reward will outweigh it. I'm talking about the reward, three different kinds, okay? The reward of doing it now, right? You're setting, once you start in motion with improving yourself, whatever it is, finances, your health, your significant other, your spirituality, whatever it is, when you put that emotion, you start doing something, you get an instant reward of a catalyst, a positive catalyst. You're putting something positive in motion. You got me? That's the first reward. Second reward is that what you're doing today is preparing you for tomorrow. Your experience is helping you have direction. Maybe you got to do it a little differently, right? Your effort's still there, but we got to take a little different path. You're going to be better tomorrow, and then the next day, and then next week, next month, next year. You're, you're building something. That's the second type of reward. And then the third, which I think is the biggest, the best of all, the bonus. The bonus reward. It's what I'm doing with you right now you're going to be able to help somebody else. You're gonna go through the trial and error. You're gonna learn through experience. You're gonna be able to sit there in front of somebody and say, look, it's not gonna be easy. You're gonna have a tough time. You're gonna have challenges. Commit to your effort, right? Don't worry about the outcome. Outcome's irrelevant. Commit to your effort, right? See the true reward for what it really is. That's the bonus that you get to help somebody else because you've been through it. That's my bonus every single day. Every person I work with, every every client that comes to me to improve their lives, that's a bonus for me. That's my biggest reward and you'll see that and your reward will always outweigh the physical and emotional cost. You got me? That's the second thing. Third thing, set the right goals. I'm gonna make this real quick. Make your goals about the reasons why you have not done it yet. Think about what you want to achieve. What is it you want? And make a list of the reasons why you haven't done it yet and take ownership. I haven't done this. I need to do more of that. I need to be better at this. Those are your goals. That's how you set the right goals. Make your goals about the reasons why you haven't done it yet. Why is it still on your board? Why is it still in front of you? Why haven't you accomplished it yet? That's how you set the right goals. Lastly, and this is important, something I had to learn, recognize success. Success and failure coexist. It takes both. What I mean by recognize success is that when you feel defeated, when you are coming down on yourself for your shortcomings, your failures, your mistakes, your mishaps, okay, look at those as Okay, I need to to be better in these areas, but you gotta balance it. You also need to recognize where you did have success. What did you do that was good? Open your hearts here. Open your ears and open your minds because I want you to hear this. This is important. Recognize success. You gotta do it. Don't beat yourself up. You can come be a little hard on yourself, but. Balance that with, okay, yeah, Bobby, I need to do better at A, B, C, and D. But I did do E, F, G. You know, I got these three things over here I did really good at. Okay, yeah, okay, I did do some good. I didn't reach my goal. I didn't reach get where I wanted to go. But what did I do that was good? That's your new launching point. You got me? It's not a failed attempt. It's a new launching point. Commit to effort, not outcome see the true reward as being always being higher than the physical and emotional cost of your betterment, set the right goals, and recognize success. You do those four things, you're going to achieve emotional freedom. Just like I did. You got me? I'm going to read a lesson like I always do. This is book one out of my seven books of wisdom. It's Freeing Your Mind... To Forever Succeed. I love it. It's on self-motivation. Now I'm going to read it. It's a quote. It's one of my quotes. I wrote over 400 of these things. They're all in the books. They're all in seven books. But here it is. I'm going to read the quote and I'm going to read the short three, four-minute lesson. Here we go. Here's the quote. Attach your dreams to your heart. Surround your heart with your soul. Commit your soul to peace and the world will be yours. I'm going to read it one more time. Attach your dreams to your heart. Surround your heart with your soul. Commit your soul to peace, and the world will be yours. I love that. Here's what I'm saying. Here's the reality, okay? We all want the good life, the freedom of good health, security of prosperity, advancement and success within our career, cohesiveness and growth in our personal lives, and most importantly, supreme confidence we can be victorious over every challenge life throws our way. It's powerful. The life we want is there for us to take, but our journey to get there must start with full confidence we can do it. You gotta believe, you do. To get there, it's gotta start with believing. Not thinking you can, believing you can. All the courage, support, and tenacity we'll ever need are right there in our hearts, waiting on us to make our move. The heart is your best, it's your number one fan. Here we go the plan. Here's your plan. Every quote has the reality, the plan, the action. Here's your plan. It all starts with believing in your dreams. The things you've long sought after to become, feel, and accomplish. Attach those dreams to your heart by seeing yourself becoming what you desire. And your heart will hear you loud and clear because it's your biggest fan. It is. Once you have this connection, your soul will feel it. And you will become one amazingly powerful force denied by nothing. You'll feel it. Start to live it and your entire being will be at peace for the world will be yours. Here's your action, okay? Here's this small action you need to take today and I want you to do this today. Take a moment today and think about something you've always wanted to achieve. Once you've got it, visualize yourself achieving it. Be as specific as you can and bring it to life. Feel free to write that visualization here if you'd like. There's a place to write it down. Take a moment today and think about something you've always wanted to achieve and visualize it. See yourself. Not just, I mean, be specific. What are you wearing? What's the weather? Are you outside or are you inside? What color are, do you see colors? Is it warm? Is it cold? Visualization teach. This is how you begin to believe. That's how you tell your mind, start to believe. See yourself, see yourself succeed. Now I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes and it's perfect for today, but it's oh so true. And I hope you let this sink in and I hope you apply it to your life as it is right now. And here it is. Success doesn't happen when you reach the top. It happens when you fight at the bottom. Yeah. I'm Bobby Wisnan. Thanks for listening.